the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Jesus said, to know God is eternal life. It's our goal to know God, not just know about Him. But in order to know Him, we have to know about Him. It almost sounds like a conundrum, doesn't it? A bit of a riddle. The only thing missing is the pun. (laughs) I'll try and think about that as we go through the broadcast. This is Study Verse by Verse, and Pastor Leighton Sheely is our teacher. He's been taking us through different portions of the Bible, verse by verse, talking about those teachings which provide what have become over the centuries the doctrines for the church. And we continue today trying to understand just who God is. This is a ministry of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and I'll talk more about that fact at the end of the program. Here's Pastor Layton. If you want to know somebody, you want to have a relationship with somebody, you can't say you know them unless you know something about them. Where they came from, what they're doing, what they like, what they don't like. So uh, we need to know something about God in order to know Him. But our goal is not just to know something about Him. Our ultimate goal is to know God. Now there's another aspect in this, and that is that people... Maybe it's our fallen nature or something. We have a tendency to worship things that that benefit us, gods that benefit us. Either the benefit is real or imagined. Like, for instance, there are some people that worship money because money is so beneficial to them. And so they worship money. That's why Jesus said no one can serve two masters. You can either serve God or money. But some people worship things because they see a perceived benefit. You know that King David said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. King David was probably the greatest worshiper, one of the greatest worshipers we know from Scripture. And he said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He remembered the benefits of relationship with God. Psalm 68, 19 says, Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits. So, as we're going through and studying some of these characteristics or attributes that describe God, we're going to weave into them some of the ways that they benefit us. And as we do so, I hope that that will inspire us all to worship God all the more fervently. Now, when I talk about these attributes or descriptions or characteristics of God, I want to underscore that they are not distinct from each other. They actually overlap considerably. And so one melds into another. They're not completely distinct. And, and because of that, again, pro- approach is different. I was looking at a, a, uh, one of the, the scholars that was talking about uh, systematic theology, and they, they identified over 20 uh, characteristic or, or attributes of God. We're not going to have 20, but the idea is that they, they overlap. Now, one of the attributes that uh, is described in the scriptures of God is that he is self Existent, self-existent. If you're taking notes, self-existent, that means he was not created. God was not created. It's impossible for something to create itself. Nothing can be self-created. The cosmological argument posits that every effect must have a cause. 
Now that's true by definition, but God is not an effect because he was not caused by something or someone else. He had no beginning. He is eternal. He always was, always is, always will be. He has within himself the power of being. He requires no assistance of any kind from anything or anyone outside of himself in order to continue to exist. And this is what is meant behind the word of, or the idea of self-existence. He doesn't need anything in all of creation to exist. He is absolutely independent and self-sufficient and, and self-contained. The, the Apostle uh, Paul said to the men of Athens in Acts chapter 17, The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in shrines made by men, nor is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything, since he himself gives all life and breath and everything. See, God doesn't need anything from mankind. There are some people that just can't get that. They think, no, you know, maybe God is lonely. Yeah, maybe God is lonely. So uh, he created people so he could have fellowship. In that case, then he wouldn't really be independent because he would need people in order to be satisfied or fulfilled. But among the persons of the Trinity, there has been perfect relationship, perfect love, perfect community for all of eternity. The fact that God is three persons in perfect relationship and perfect community means that there is nothing that we're going to bring to God that he needs. God does not need us to satisfy some loneliness. He is self-existence. He's thoroughly independent in every regard. And that's reflected in the name he gave himself in Exodus 3.14 when he spoke with Moses at the burning bush. He said, I am who I am. His character and his, his existence is determined by himself. He's not dependent on anyone or anything else. He is self-existent. Another characteristic that we find of God is that he is immutable. That means he doesn't change. He changes not. He is unchangeable, immutable. Through the prophet Malachi in 3.6, God said, For I am the Lord, I change not. That's pretty clear. Psalm 102, 25 through 27, the psalmist wrote, In the beginning you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the, are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will wear out like a garment, like, like clothing. You will change them, and they'll be discarded. But you remain the same, and your years will never end. God remains the same, immutable, unchangeable. How is that a benefit to us? Well, one of the benefits for that is that God never has a bad day. He's unchangeable. If he's chosen to love us, he's going to continue to love us, and that will not change. His purpose is unchanging. What he purposes to do will be achieved. It will be accomplished. In Isaiah 46, 9, God said, I am God and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand. And I will do all that I please. My purpose will stand. I will accomplish my purpose. God's purposes do not change, and neither do His promises. When God makes a promise, He is always faithful to keep the promise. As number 2319 says, God is not a man that He should lie, or the Son of Man that He should repent. Has He said, He will, and will He not do it? 
Or has he spoken and he will not fulfill it? If God makes a promise, he's going to keep the promise. You know, that's a benefit to us as well. When God makes us a promise, we can take it to the bank. It's good. He's going to bring it to pass. He's immutable. He's unchangeable. He's also omnipotent. Omnipotent. That means all-powerful. You know, when I was young and in the public schools, I had little classmates that liked to uh, ask me a trick question. You may have been asked this question. The question is, can God make a rock so big that even he cannot move it? You've been asked that question? Can God make a rock so big that even he cannot move it? The question seems to present this unsolvable dilemma. You see, if we answer yes, that means that there's something God can't do. He can't move this rock. And if we answer no, then we're saying God can't make the rock that he can't move. So either yes or no, puts, it's, a, it's an admission that there are limits on the power of God. It's important for us to understand that omnipotence does not mean that God can do anything. Because the Bible tells us there are several things that God cannot do. The Bible says God cannot lie. The Bible says he cannot die. The Bible says he cannot do things that are against his nature. The Bible tells us that there are things God cannot do. The distinction here for us is that what God cannot do is, because, is not because something or someone else is telling him or showing him or forcing him not to do it. Because no one has such power. Only God restricts what God can do. Only God restricts what God can do. What omnipotence means is that God holds power over all of his creation, that there's no part of creation that is outside of the scope of his sovereign control. And for Christian, this is a great source of comfort because we know that the power with which God created the universe is at his disposal for our salvation. And he displayed that power in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And because Jesus Christ was plainly dead and plainly came back to life, we need not fear death as others who do not know God. There is no part of creation that can frustrate the plans of God. He is all-powerful. Nothing can withstand the power of God. He's omnipotent. And it was in that context that Paul wrote these words in Romans chapter 8. Listen, because these are a benefit. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing is able to. Because God can never be overpowered. He's all-powerful. He's almighty. He is omnipotent. And we know from Scripture that there's a spiritual war taking place. If you want to know more about that, 
previous sermon series entitled Two Kingdoms. There's a spiritual war taking place. There's this rebellion that's being led by the fallen angel Satan. But God's ultimately going to win because he has no equal. He is all-powerful. He is omnipotent. And only that, God is omnipresent. He's present everywhere. There's no place where God is not. Well, you're listening to Verse by Verse with the teaching of Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. He's sharing a study on the doctrines of the Christian faith, those foundational, immutable understandings of Christ's teaching which impact our salvation, our worship, and how we live our lives as believers. He's also spent some time in past broadcasts talking about those secondary doctrines, those teachings which we struggle to understand and which often separate us. Now, this entire series can be found on our website at highlands.us. That's the church's website. And past broadcasts are available on our ministry website at studyversebyverse.com. This is a nonprofit outreach of the church, and we appreciate your prayer support and your financial support you can give safely when you go to that website, studyversebyverse.com. I'm Mike Trout. Have a great rest of your day. Come back tomorrow when we'll once again study verse by verse.